All right. Well, I'm rolling. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Command Edit Podcast, the uh, podcast for video editors by video editors. Uh, I am Josh Short, and uh, other host is Nick Montgomery. Uh, you guys know us already, but uh, we have a special guest on uh, for this episode, and that is Joe Valero. He is an editor in L.A., and uh, in this episode, we're going to talk all about life in L.A., working in L.A., how to uh, break into the industry, um, specifically in LA, and just in general, some networking tips, uh, and just all around, uh, you know, uh, life as an editor. And Joe has an awesome podcast called um, uh, Disclaimer. Uh, we are going to swear a little bit on this one. Uh, so his podcast is called Long Winded as Fuck, uh, where they uh, review uh, two random Netflix movies uh, every week, uh, and they do a good dissection of uh, what a good movie is and, and all that over on his podcast. But uh, let's just jump right into our conversation with Joe Valero. Nick, you'll put in some sort of sound effect, right? I'll do something. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll figure and, it out later. And and maybe we'll just jump right into the conversation right yeah. now with Joe Valero, um, editor in L.A., longtime editor, and uh, here to talk to us a bit about L.A. and some of the, the projects that he works on. Um, yeah, so Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How you doing, everybody? Doing good. Good. Doing good. 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 What time is it there? Uh, it is five o'clock here on the uh, West Coast. It looks so. far darker in your room, so that's why I was wondering. Yeah. Like, are you in LA or Amsterdam? Because <laughs> it's it looks pretty dark there. I think that's just the camera. If you see the window over my shoulder there, there is a little bit of light coming through there. But the uh, the camera is knocking the the room down a little bit. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Joe, you are an editor out in LA. I have never been to LA. Uh, I believe Nick has, but neither of us, we've never been employed in L.A., and that's um, that's kind of the, the what we want to talk about today, just what does sure. it work like out there, you know, how competitive is it, um, and just your experience out there in L.A., and uh, to talk about some of the projects that you work on. So can you give us a little about, you know, your history in, in editing and film and all of that? Yeah, when I first moved down, I, I came down initially with the, the grand scheme of writing, directing, doing all that kind of stuff. And when I got down here, you know, there's not really a place where you can apply to be a director <laughs> or a writer. So um, I kind of just bumped around and, and found different jobs and landed with a small company that basically was willing to let me kind of learn Avid and be an editor real, you know, kind of green. And so I, I started there and, and learned Avid and started cutting trailers and cut a couple of features there and really just kind of got my feet under me with like how to you know how to cut and how to how to do the job and from there just through relationships have you know kept working and kept moving from company to company and sorry so, uh, what, how, uh, what what time frame was this oh sorry that i moved down in about 2000 and um it was within the first couple years that i was i was editing um i think by 2000 two i was i was a uh maybe 2003 i was a staff editor okay all cool. right so for the past 13 14 years uh just been cutting away 
Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in L.A., uh, what how, how did you catch that break, you know, back uh, with that small company to, to learn Avid? Yeah, I mean, really, it was just um, I, I think what what because initially I, I started working on sets and stuff and, and I was doing a lot of uh, AD work for them because they would they would do a lot of different productions and I think initially just my work ethic is what kind of uh, gave them the idea that I could flourish. You know, they, they they paid as close to nothing as they possibly could pay somebody. And when their staff editor left, uh, basically they, you know, they were left in the lurch and needed somebody. And I was like, hey, I did some editing in college and would love to learn. And they basically gave me that opportunity so i'll kind of be eternally grateful for that that's such a crazy story because mine's very similar uh out of college came in to basically be an assistant uh videographer um and do a little bit of editing and then the editor both editors left within like three months of me working there and they're like well you gotta learn avid and you're our new staff editor (laughs) yeah and uh same thing happened to me that's crazy well and I've, i've heard people say kind of like you know the best way to learn is, is to jump in and, you know, kind of fake it and like, yeah, yeah, I can do that, you know? And <laughs> I, I don't know if I sh- if I would recommend it for every job that comes along, but there's definitely some times where you have to just say like, yeah, I think I can do it, you know, and just learn as you go because those opportunities d- don't kind of, you know, come across the table very often. <laughs> so where were you before you made the big move to LA? Oh, I uh, grew up in the Bay Area, so I was up in, I was up there and uh, went to film school. And when I got done with that, um, you know, just I, I knew I always wanted to at least try L.A. Um, just to see, you know, because, you know, there's working video professionals and TV professionals and stuff up there. But I just kind of, you know, wanted to say that I didn't I didn't ever want to get to the point where I was like, oh, I wish I would have tried it, you know, and here it is uh, 16 years later and I'm still here. So. Do you so think that did it was... you... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> okay, so did you have uh, any sort of network already when you moved there? None whatsoever. I had a couple of friends, but n- nobody in the industry and nobody with any kind of, um, you know, pull that was going to help me get anywhere. It was really just kind of starting starting fresh. So besides working, you know, just working, did you do anything to network? Really, the the biggest thing that I ended up doing was I... I signed up because I, I filled out resumes for every PA set job I could find. I sent out literally hundreds of resumes. And what I learned pretty quickly is nobody cares that you went to film school. Um, <laughs> film school is fantastic if you're going to be a filmmaker or if you want to apply what you learned as far as aesthetics and filmmaking later in your career. But when you're starting, if you haven't been a PA on a set, they do not trust you to be a PA on a set, unfortunately, if there's not someone there that's saying he can do it. So I, I had to do basically what they call intern on a couple of different productions. And that was basically just kind of be a free PA. You know, you're, you're called an intern, but you're doing the job that the other PAs are doing and you're just not paid. And it's kind of they're willing to take a chance if you're willing to work for free. So. Um, I did that on a couple of productions and that rolled really quickly into paid PA work and got me actually really quickly to the company, uh, which is now defunct, but it was called Creative Light Entertainment. And that was the company that uh, hired me as a 
full employee in the office and on sets, and then eventually allowed me to become an editor. So, uh, it seems like we uh, we three also like we all kind of grew up in that same sort of era where yeah, you do kind of have to PA for a little while. You do have to work for low no budget for quite some time before you start really getting your reputation and you know proving your worth and then you'll start getting paid and then you get, get your rate and you, then you up your rate uh that was you know still it was like 16 years ago i'm realizing now try not to feel old guys but <laughs> do, you, do you feel like have the times changed is it a little bit different for people who are just getting started now I mean, for the people that I know that are, I don't know that it is. I mean, I, I know a, a lot of people at various stages of their careers and they're trying to either break in or break into new arenas. And I feel like it's still kind of the uh, the, the, the method that, that is most popular is, you know, to do it cheap and prove that you can do it and then work your way up, you know, whether it's, you know, I have friends who are transitioning from post careers into writing careers or people who are transitioning from, um, you know, doing, uh, doing what I do kind of more on the marketing side of the world and trying to transition into more television and movies and that kind of stuff. And it, it's all the same. You kind of have to start where they, where they don't feel like you're as big of a risk, you know, especially financially, um, and then, you know, allow you to learn that way. And then once you've kind of proven yourself, you can then take that leap. Yeah. It always seems like kind of what was wrong with our industry a little bit, because, uh, you know, even to this day still, I'm trying to avoid those situations where, all right, you, you know, do this, uh, do this for half the cost or do this for free for us, prove yourself first, then, you know, right. we'll give you something later on down the line. And, you know, it's, uh, it's trying to break free of that that idea to say, well, yeah. I'd rather, you know, give you free and Hey, the six will be, you know, the six will be free. How about that? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I definitely, I agree that that's, that's not something that I do for what I do for a living now, you know, like when I'm, if I'm being brought in to cut the kind of stuff that I cut, you know, the, the DVD documentaries, the online, uh, kind of content stuff that, that I cut, you know, I, I've, I have a proven track record at that. And there's just to make a connection, I'm not going to do it for less, you know. But um, if it's something that I don't have a proven track record at, you know, those are the those are the situations where I know a lot of people who, um, you know, unfortunately, they will take a little lesser of a rate or, you know, they'll step down in title to maybe kind of an assistant role or some something like that or, a, you know, a, a first assistant role or something like that in order to build those connections and build those relationships. Yeah, so for me, I actually have a project that I can't yet talk about um, coming up, but it is in a genre and a type of video that I've never worked in before. So oh, wow. I actually did take a, a pay cut in order to do this, to say, hey, I do want this job, and it's something yeah. that I'm interested in, um, and say, hey, give it to me and not somebody else. Uh, so may maybe maybe I undercut somebody a little bit, but I did get the job. So yeah. uh, hopefully it'll work out for me. Making... I think sometimes... Oh, go ahead, Nick, sorry. I was just going to say, you're making things difficult for the rest of us, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but I want this, man. Yeah, I mean, and it is it is true. Unfortunately, when, when you don't have a track record there, you know, companies want... You know, they want to they want a reason or, you know, producers, companies, whatever it happens to be, they want a reason to hire you. And if you can, you know, deliver at a lower rate, that's that's a good reason in their minds, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always good, cheap, fast pick two. Exactly. So 
if if they're they're getting it cheap and they're going to get it good from me that that also means i can take my time with it which is something for me that like time is just so precious and yeah. i'm sure joe i mean i mean you you have kids and you're busy you got all these projects going on too like you can understand that just like if i can just get a little bit more time but work on this other project like cool i'm gonna do it right absolutely absolutely and i've done that too you know with different things that i've tried to grow through the years um whether it's different formats in in editing or graphic design and title design and those kinds of things that i've done some of that on the side as well and it's been the same thing like yeah for an opportunity to do it you know uh, I'll do it at a little bit lower of a rate than, you know, probably somebody who's doing that every day for a living would, would, would take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I so do. anybody, um, sure I'll go. Uh, <laughs> and any, Nor for normally we have a really good system set up, but it requires, uh, my camera, which is broken at the moment to actually be uh, on. So we can signal to each other when the next, uh, who gets the next question, but I'm, no, screwing, I'm, like I'm screwing things up in that right now. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, back back to my train of thought. Um, for anybody that's moving out to LA, um, do you think they have an expectation that's wrong? Like they they go in there thinking, oh, okay, I'm gonna PA right away for this big studio. I'm gonna work for Disney right away. Um, I don't know. What do you think people get wrong? Yeah, I mean, I would say for me, the the biggest expectations were that. Um, Film school meant something, which, you know, I alluded to earlier that it, it really does not. Um, the the other expectation is that there's kind of a big break waiting around the corner, you know, um, that most people I know who have gotten their big break or that opportunity that's put them into careers that they, you know, really have enjoyed. Um, it was because there was a lot of hard work behind it, you know, and um you know, I have friends who were assistant editors on shows and became staff editors in, in the first season that they were on it or, you know, people who went on to write for shows like Mad Men and things like that. And it wasn't because somebody handed them a, you know, a, a great opportunity that they were just, you know, sitting there playing Angry Birds and somebody was like, hey, you want to do this? You know, I mean, they they were they were working all the time on the side, doing side projects, writing, editing, doing all these things. And when those opportunities came along, they were ready to deliver. And I think that's the biggest misconception is that I can get down there and, and get it and get a break, you know, because if you have a craft that you really want to, um, you know, be involved in, you kind of have to just immerse yourself in that, you know, full time and the opportunity will come. And if you aren't ready, that opportunity will keep going. And if you are ready, you know, you can capitalize on it. So I think that's the biggest mis misconception, at least it was for me, is that, you know, I would just kind of meet the right person and my career would take off. And it doesn't really work that way. Oh, you didn't see Spielberg as soon as you, uh, <laughs> you know, got your got shop set up? No, yeah, some some reason that didn't happen. I I wasn't able to sneak on the Universal lot like he did and uh, and make all these great connections. <laughs> well, I w did some IMDb stalking, so you have to forgive me for this. Uh, and actually, okay. I wanted to ask you a couple, about a couple of the, the credits that did pop up because uh, there are a couple of you know it's not we didn't have the the equalizer effect uh, or the randomizer effect on there. Uh, there were some titles that I did recognize, and so you've done a lot of oh, wow, okay. uh, kind of like uh, you know video docs, uh, uh, you know uh, BTS work or you know, whatever you would call it. Uh, 
Sure. Uh, additional work done for some pretty familiar movies, um, which if I had my list up right away, uh, like 300 Rise of an Empire, uh, Argo, Hatchet, which is actually one of my favorite uh, uh, horror movies, uh, War of the Worlds. Oh, Hatchet was great. Yeah, yeah. I saw you did a couple of those. Um, can you tell yeah. me, like, you know, how did these come to you? And like, uh, also, because I'm also kind of curious about, um, I would love to be a part of a horror movie that actually has someone separate to do this sort of thing, to do all the, the additional uh, material that that is involved in it. So can you talk about how you kind of got started with that? Yeah, um, through that first company, when I left there, I had I had a few friends who had left that company and gone to a place that that that's what they did it was just, uh, you know, TV spots for DVD DVDs that are coming out and they did DVD content and online content and um, just through those relationships, I was able to get hired there and started there again. That was another situation where I kind of did have to take a little step back because I had to start there as an assistant because that first company that I was at was really low profile as far as the, the types of films they worked on. And so when I was going to work at a place that was doing films for literally Spielberg and Ron Howard and those types of directors, you know, I didn't have that track record. So I started there as an assistant. And within a couple of years, I was cutting pretty much full time. And, um, you know, most of that, uh, a lot of the work that I've done now has really just come from the companies that I've worked with and, you know, the projects that they get in. And, you know, I get, you know, fortunate enough to get put on some that are really, really cool and exciting. Um, Hatchet was uh, one of the most fun projects I got to work on um, mainly because there wasn't a big studio system involved. You know, it was really um, kind of straight for Adam Green, who's the director of that film. And the producer who I worked with, um, she she had worked uh, at the company I was at at the time. And then she also had worked on Hatchet. And so she brought that project in there. And I got the opportunity to cut like all the behind the scenes featurettes in there. And, um, it was great. Cause like I said, it was, it was really just, um, working kind of hand in hand with her and then, uh, her name's Sarah Elbert and then working with, uh, Adam. And it was a lot of fun because they just wanted, there was no, um, there was no marketing angle thought of on that. It was really just like, let's make a cool documentary about how the movie was made, you know? And so it was really fun to just like talk about the process more than anything. So you really just have like a whole bunch of freedom to do kind of whatever to do with this, with all this extra material. Yeah, exactly. And and really the only limitation on that one was uh, the amount of time we had. It was, it was a, it was a crazy fast schedule, but um, as far as what story to tell there, there was no limitation. So it, it was just kind of, you know, whatever is the coolest story is, is what we got to, to go with, which is great. Sweet. Cause uh, I'll, I'll fess up. I think I would geek right the fuck out if uh, if somebody came to me and said like, "Hey, so sign this NDA." By the way, okay, here's Star Trek three. No right, extra, right. extra materials. Go cut something. I would have to spend about ten minutes giggling to myself yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, I I, I got to say like it's it, it wasn't a job that I even when I moved down here I didn't I, I didn't think about you know I think I thought like most people did like oh you know the team that cut the movie you know one of them is the guy who makes all the behind the scenes you know i had no idea <laughs> and knowing that it's like um there's an entire industry and multiple companies and you know and it's really been uh, i 
I almost kind of wish that I had just come down immediately and started doing that because I've learned much more watching all this behind the scenes stuff than I ever did at film school, you know, and I loved my, I loved my film school experience, but, um, you know, it's just, this is a education on a level that is, is just so much greater. Really hope that Katie so, is listening to this one right now. By the way, we've got a, yeah, a, one too. of our one of our listeners is actually in school right now. I think in her first oh. semester. <laughs> so. Katie, I loved film school. I'm just saying <laughs> that there are other ways to learn too. So we we actually have another listener, Jacqueline, who I'm thinking about a lot. Um, for this episode because she moved out to LA uh, I think about a year ago and I know oh, she's okay. been PAing her ass off uh, mm. and just trying to get gig after gig um, and I know like she, she's uh, still I mean she's looking for more and more so as somebody who's maybe 22 23 um, and they moved out to LA and they're they're starting to get gigs like um, would you say kind of like keep your chin up like it's gonna happen for you I, I really would I I Early on, I had a, a guy I was working on set and he was he was talking about he was selling his house or something. And I was just like paying for, you know, $100 a day or whatever it was at the time. And um, I was just like, man, I can't even imagine like, you know, getting to that point in my career because it seemed so far away. And he just looked at me like like I was crazy. He's like, no, he's like, that, you're going to get there. And just like it was like it wasn't even an after it was, a, you know, it, he just was so sure of it. And, you know, now I am here, here I am years later and I have, you know, worked up to the point where I'm working in a good career and I, you know, I, I, I make decent money and, you know, with a great company. And it really is just if you stick with it and you work and you are reliable and um, you, you're competent, you will make those connections that continually call you back. And I think my biggest... Um, weakness when I first moved down was um, just that I kind of looked at networking as this like kind of dirty word like it, it felt false to me you know like oh I'm gonna go network like I just want to you know I just want to meet real people and make friends and stuff and um, I wish I could go back and just like slap myself <laughs> just shut up and because uh, it's not a it's not a dirty word like like I've already said it a couple times in this conversation is that you know the jobs I've found are all through friends and that's the truth and the, the more you um meet people and the more you you make those connections and it's through working together and it's through you know common interests those relationships are kind of where the jobs come from and the more you're willing to do that um and 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 make it sincere you know i'm, I'm not in favor of just you know showing up at mixers and dropping a business card but you know actually creating sincere relationships but um, those are what pay off. It's it it really is true. Man, I'm screwed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have a sincere relationship with another Nick uh, who you do a <laughs> podcast with, and you Good met name. him in film school, right? Yeah, uh, I did meet him at film school, which is another reason uh, I tell your listeners to stick with film school. You meet some great people. Yeah, um, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, that project? Feel free to uh, say the full name. Sure. Great. Um, so yeah, we started a podcast called long winded as fuck and, um, we, we didn't quite know. I, like I knew I right away, I wanted to do something with movies and stuff and Nick was game for it too. But I think he was more concerned that like, yeah, aren't there kind of a lot of those, you know? And I'm like, yeah, there really are. Um, so 
we wanted to try and come up with a fresh angle, and I think we did. In the the idea uh, that Nick alluded to earlier was the uh, the randomizer, where we we found an online site that just allows us to pick a movie completely at random, and then we watch it and we get together and discuss it. And it's been a lot of fun. Like I love podcasts. I, I enjoy your guys' podcast a lot, and. Um, so it was something that I just wanted to take a stab at and, you know, have fun with. And, um, it's been great because we didn't start it with any real, um, you know, designs of like, oh, and then we'll, we'll create this podcast and we'll create a network and we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, it was really just like, this would be fun to get together and talk about movies and it has been. And yeah, so we're enjoying it a lot. Cool. I did take a, a good, good stab at listening to earlier however my achilles heel when it comes to podcasts that talk about movies is i need to have seen the movie first sure i I cannot it's a spoiler thing like i cannot you know listen to someone reviewing talking about i don't i don't let myself watch movie trailers so right oh wow yeah so the only one that i've uh that i'm able to tune in so far however i was completely enthralled was half the episode that uh, uh dealt with um uh justice league war which oh, okay. I have I have taken up going through Netflix and binge watching pretty much all the animated stuff because the DC animated stuff is awesome on Netflix. Yeah, there's right a now. lot of great stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what have you been able to you know What have you been able to find that's been like uh, diamond in the rough uh, on Netflix through uh, through this podcast now? That's honestly been the biggest um, the biggest kind of reward is there's been a few things that I probably never would have come across. Um, one is called Samsara. I don't know if you've heard of the documentary called Samsara. It's also there, there was another film that the filmmaker made named, uh, Baraka. And it really is, it's 70 millimeter film and it's just this gorgeous cinematography, um, set to music for about an hour and 45 minutes. And there's no there's no narrative there's no talking heads there's nothing it's just beautiful um you know either sped up images um slowed down images they go from they go all over the world and it's just set to music and it is absolutely breathtaking and the first like 20 minutes because you know we don't we don't do a lot of research on these movies you know they're they're random and we like all right we're watching it let's see what it is the first 20 minutes i was like what is this and like (laughs) But it was so bizarre. And like 40 minutes in, I was just like, this is like transcendent. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, it really shows, you know, the power of the simple image and music, you know, just when you sit and watch it and let it just kind of do what it's doing. It is really, really impactful. Wow. So how how crazy is your home screen when you sign on to Netflix? Uh <laughs> I do get some really well. I also have an eight-year-old daughter who who loves a, a lot of uh, you know kid shows and stuff like that. So I have some really odd suggestions sometimes. <laughs> really, <laughs> art, art house cinema and then like Blues Clues. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, wicked. Um, sorry, I had another. Uh, I was gonna let Josh there take it, but uh, I was. I had another follow-up question for uh, long-winded, long-winded as fuck. As uh, sure. you guys were coming up on, I think you're close to 30, 30 40 episodes, right? Yeah, we're, we we just uh, we just recorded. We we try to record a couple at a time because we get together in person, and so we try to do a few at a time. And uh, we just recorded, so I think we're up. Just we just passed thirty as, as far as how many we have in the in the re- totally recorded, and we'll release uh, number twenty-nine tomorrow. 
Cool. So is this just a fun project on the side right now where you and Nick get to hang out once a week and just talk movies? Or is this something that you like to take somewhere and uh, you know, not create a network out of uh, out of it like you were mentioning earlier, but right, right. You, know, uh, you know, go a little bit bigger, maybe you know, uh, become like more of a film review site or, you know, would you let it get bigger? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have, I, the, we really don't have a lot of designs in, you know, we would like to grow our podcast for sure and get more listeners and all that stuff, but it's not something that it, you know, I want to transition out of what I do for a living into that, you know, or anything like that. It's, it really is just a side fun project. And I think that's why it's been so rewarding is because we don't have, um, really big expectations of it. You know, it's not like, Oh, well hopefully by the, by the first year we're making some money or we're selling spots or we're doing this or we're doing that. It's just, it's just fun, you know? And it's, it's great to watch movies, uh, real analytically again, you know, cause I, you do that in film school a lot. And then you become, or at least I, you know, I became much more of a passive viewer, you know, over the years, just watching and like, yeah, that was fun, you know, and to really analyze a movie and try to see why it's working and why it's not. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the next step for you? Like career wise? And like, uh, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, uh, you're looking, for, you know, you always, you know, you feel like, you know, right now you've kind of made it uh, a little bit with your, career because you're very happy with what you do what's the bucket list for like where would you like to be in five ten years uh i mean i think ultimately the 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 uh the big bucket list is always uh, you know i still want to do something where i direct you know um i've always enjoyed that when i've done it and i'd i'd like to find a way back to it um in some way you know even if it's just doing some shorts on my own or whatever but um as far as my career because i i I didn't set out to be an editor, you know, it wasn't something that was like, oh, I really enjoy the craft. I want to get into it. I kind of did fall into it, but it was it it was a, a part of storytelling that I, I I ended up loving, you know, a lot. And um, right now, the thing that I'm kind of focused on, because I have been doing the uh, the DVD and the, the online stuff for a while. And I I work at a like I said, I work at a great place and, and they give me a lot of freedom and a lot of. Uh, opportunity and one area that I'd like to to grow more into is uh, kind of the TV spots and trailer world. Um, mm. There's not a there's not a lot of crossover necessarily where you're like just kind of like oh I'll go cut a trailer and then I'll go back to doing what I do and you know like the people that are doing that are doing that you know kind of full time <laughs> many many hours a week and um, you know so I would like to kind of because I've I've had I've dabbled in it a little bit and it's I can feel that struggle, you know, where it's like, oh, I can't quite figure this out. And uh, I like that, you know, I like kind of because I know I'm growing, I know I'm learning and I know I'm, you know, trying to to build a skill set that I don't necessarily have right at my fingertips. And uh, so that's that's kind of the, the biggest focus career wise that I've been on right now. Sweet. Well, if, uh, you know, I wish you all the best of luck, especially if you're looking for trailers, because nowadays it seems that uh, there are a lot more better movie trailers out there than there are actual movies. Like in a lot of ways, the trailers are made far better than the movies are. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's become like a, a real, real art form that um, a lot of people, you know, <laughs> have spent, like I said, many, many hours kind of crafting these things. And um yeah they it, it is its own art form at this point and 
you know, I like, I enjoy, you know, trying to dabble in that for sure. Speaking about the art form, actually, would you, let's say someone, you know, handed you a trailer to make for a very popular, you know, big budget Hollywood blockbuster movie. Would you, or, you know, uh, let's take the pressure off of like, not for big budget blockbuster, a movie. Uh, right. You have the option to either, let's say, you know, you watch the movie and you say, well, this is a steaming pile. But uh, do you make a misleading trailer that really sells it, but not for the, you know what the movie is, but it'll put uh, butts in seats? Or do you make a trailer that reflects what the movie actually is? Uh, I mean, I think it depends. You know, if you're making a trailer for a... Um, if it's an independent thing, like you're saying, where it's somebody who came to me and is like, hey, can you cut a trailer? What I've found when I have done that in the past is they really want a trailer that represents their film. You know, they're not looking to necessarily mislead or, you know, tell a different story or whatever. They really want this is the movie that I've made and I want something that sells that. And anytime that I have done those kinds of projects, um, that's usually the notes I get back is like, oh, but you didn't include this or you didn't include that. You know, like the elements that that are really important to them. Um but when it comes to putting butts in seats, and if that's the goal, then, you know, I, I, sometimes things you cut are misleading in a way, but sometimes it's, it's also a good misleading because it's, it's not putting a, too fine of a point on something that you want the, the viewer to discover when they, when they see it. You know what I mean? Because if you spell it out and you say this, you know, then people are gonna be like, oh, well, then why do I want to see the movie? You know, like, <laughs> like the, you want to have a little bit of that mystery. Um, luckily, I haven't had too many um, things that I've been involved with anyway, where it's just been like, here's a horror movie. Let's make it into a romantic comedy. <laughs> you know, like, I've never really had that experience. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the times that you have been trying to hide whatever it is you're trying to hide, it's, it's usually to the benefit of the viewer. Hmm. Good, good, safe answer. Like, <laughs> I I noticed uh, after I said it, it was like hmm I I know I would really hate to to answer this yeah, question you, so I apologize for that up, one. Man. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said it, I realized man that was a that was kind of a dick move but I I really wanted to know what you would say as well so good job. Well, thank you, uh, Joe. I want to plug one more project of yours uh, and that's Life oh, okay. on the Fringe blog. Yeah, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so this is actually uh, the the kind of. Um, starting point for this whole episode uh, was when you were writing over there. Um, I was like, oh man, we should really have Joe on to talk about um, life in LA. So your your uh, blog, Life Life on the Fringe blog, is uh, your thoughts and experiences from the fringes of Hollywood. That's you know the the subheader. So right. uh, over there, um, I know you you talk um, a lot about just living and working in LA. So um, can you tell us a little bit about that blog? Yeah, I mean, it really just kind of came out of, um, you know, kind of listening to podcasts like your guys's, which I, I think I started the blog before before that, but like listening to other shows that are similar and just, you know, kind of um, the post chat stuff that that I know you engage in on, on Twitter and, and Facebook and that kind of stuff where, you know, I realized that there's a lot of valid um, experiences, you know, from all kinds of different positions in in the uh in the industry and that you know it's not just like you know the editor who won best oscar this year that you should be giving you know the opinion or just any kind of advice because you know uh, i think getting advice from different levels of of the industry kind of illuminate different things that people never never knew you know and i know that's true for me like i said 
when I moved to LA, I had no idea my job even existed, you know, and had I heard that it did, I would have been like, oh, great. That's a, that sounds like a cool job, you know? So that's kind of was my goal is just for people. My idea was really when I was 25 or whatever it was when I moved down here, you know, what kind of information would I have been interested in? And that's kind of the angle I've tried to take on it. Yeah, well, it's a great blog. Uh, I know you're super busy, uh, but I yeah, do I don't it update right. it as much as I wanted to, but yeah, yeah. I, I hope you uh, can get some more posts up there because uh, uh, what you say on there, um, I mean, I, I know people will find uh, tremendous value in. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. And um, you know, honestly, I think that's why just you and I connected in the way that we did through you know the online yeah formats and stuff is because you you kind of take the same approach with your writing and the podcast and the, the things that you're doing and i think that's why we kind of kind of clicked yeah yeah so uh joe uh where 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 do you want people to find you online uh i'm at twitter uh, i'm on twitter at uh j valero three is that right and yes, then uh right. we also we also are uh the podcast is uh at lwaf pod um, that's probably the place I try and feed people the most to is the, is the podcast. So, um, you can, we're on iTunes and all the different, uh, Stitcher and the different, uh, podcasting formats. And we also have a, a blog there that we, we've just got up and running and written a couple things there. And that's, uh, at lwafpod.com. And there's a blog page and a bunch of other information on there about the show. And you can download shows there and get, you know, a, a guide to all the different shows we've done and all that stuff. So sweet. Well, Joe, uh, thank you so much for doing this, uh, doing this interview with us. Uh, I know it's been it's been a long time in the making me and you finally yeah, yeah. talking and meeting. So th this is great, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was, it was a blast. And, and I love the show. So uh, keep it up and, and I'll be downloading. So Back to the Future 2 happened since uh, last week and this week. And uh, it, uh, lo it looks like Biff Tannen or a, uh, a similar facsimile will actually be uh, nominated as president pretty soon. Hopefully, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, that's not where this was going. But that's... Uh, hey, that's those are the posts that I started seeing. So I... You know, listeners, I was having the worst night of my... Uh, of my editing career last month, just last, just last month, not entire career, but you know, it was a pretty, pretty bad night and my woes were getting drowned out over Twitter because apparently some baseball shindig was going down. Uh, Josh, can you elaborate? You're, you're part of this, this world. So, uh, when this episode comes out, it'll be about two weeks after game seven of the world series. When the Cubs won after 100 and 108 years of not winning a World Series, breaking all the different years. curses. Yeah. Yes, and Nick was working. <laughs> yeah, I, I clearly chose the wrong night to work. So actually, what was the big... I'm asking questions now. So the Back but, to the Future 2 thing? Well, well, I just know the, the joke being that the, you know, the Cubs never win because it's been how many... You know how many years upon years that they, that they haven't even been to the, you know, to the World Series. So yes, yes, the Cubs, also known as the Lovable Losers, they have not won since 1908. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, then I am just hammering home stuff that you have heard for the past month uh, on TV. Uh, 
but the Cubs were a cursed franchise, uh, the curse of the Billy Goat, and then you have Steve Bartman and all the other things that went along with it. And uh, in Back to the Future 2, the Cubs end up winning the World Series in 2015. So Back to the Future wow. 2 was a year off. Only and that's a year. if my memory serves me right. Yeah. Man. So, something, something spooky is going on with that franchise, let me tell you. Yeah. Yes. Jaws 18. It's so, going to happen. Uh, I'm assuming this is the end of the show. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> most people have left. This is the post-credits scene, and you know, uh, most people. Have, but we're not Marvel, so not a lot of people were expecting it, so they left. All right. So since this is the end, uh, Joe <laughs> Valero uh, from Long Winded As Fuck podcast. Hey, you got me to say it. Uh, thank you hey, so much cheers. for. Thank you so much for joining us uh, and talking about life and work in L.A. Uh, I know anybody who's considering to uh, move out to L.A. or is already there or just a post-production professional uh, in general, uh, there's a lot of great tips that uh, Joe gave us. So, uh, Joe, thank you so much. Uh, I really uh, hope if uh, you guys like watching random movies on netflix or just want to hear um a good dissection of movies uh let go listen to joe and nick not this nick but his nick's uh podcast uh long-winded as fuck there Every, i said it again everybody needs a nick yeah we're, we're lovable we're cuddly <laughs> oh really i'm your first yeah, oh yeah man i am i'm you know just hugging myself right now so proud of myself uh, so uh so listeners uh thank you so much for uh sticking with the show this far and uh sticking with us for all uh what number is this 62 63 63 for yeah. all 63 podcasts uh so yeah lots more coming up so thank you again joe uh nick you got any parting words not really uh except for the uh, typical uh you know yeah. you guys know where you should be able to find us if you haven't already done so uh you can find us on itunes stitcher and actually as of uh perhaps tomorrow uh tune in radio as well so pretty much whenever i find a new place to uh to uh you know stick up our uh podcast i'll i'll plan it up there so if you guys find any other apps that would be useful that uh uh, you know, if you're using a particular podcast app, let us know because I can easily take an hour out of my day and spread our uh, podcast around a little bit more. So uh, you can also find more show notes, any of the links that we talked about in the uh, this episode, including uh, Joe's link to his own uh, blog about uh, his uh, his trip to working in LA, um, his own uh, podcast, Long Winded as Fuck, and any other other things that uh, we might have forgotten to mention can be over in our show notes command editpodcast.com so go on over there if you don't feel like typing in any of those links and we'll include something clickable for you uh until next time i'm nick and i'm josh and you know who you are see ya